Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. Before we get to our interview today, I would like to just remind you that we have the International Sacred Sexual Music Festival happening virtually live stream this year, April 16th, 17th, and 18th. I am going to be celebrating my birthday on the 17th of this Sacred Sexual Music Festival. We have over 20 plus sexuality experts, teachers, demonstrators, healing practitioners, and musicians that we we all can learn from and reflect on a new way to honor our life force energy. So the speakers, the dancers, the musicians from all around the world are really going to get us in touch with the essence of our sexuality. We're going to learn how to live with a new, more sacred sexual energy in times of the Me Too movement and the Harvey Weinstein era. We're going to learn about what different spiritual traditions teach about sexuality, how we can shift our culture to remember when our bodies were seen and known as sacred, why we live in a sex-phobic culture and how to step into a new attitude. We're also going to learn about our sexual life from the recent pandemic and social justice crisis. And we're also going to learn about the greater cosmological, planetary, and evolutionary cycles we are a part of. This is really going to be an amazing virtual festival. I do hope that you will join us. We have tickets for sale now. The link is in the show notes, but you can go to sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. All right, let's get to our guest today. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Path 11 podcast. I have an exciting show for you today. Our guest today is going to be one of the presenters from the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. As you guys know, I have had a lot of presenters on the podcast recently, uh, really trying to drum up interest and spread the word about this amazing festival. So we're talking a lot about intimacy, sexuality, and spirituality, and we're combining all these topics together. My guest today is Dominic Lord, and we are going to enter into the magic room. Wait until you guys see Dominic's room. It is amazing. I asked him before we kind of got on live here that I was going to have him actually move his camera around because if you're not watching this on Path 11 TV, I would say you have to hop over. Don't just listen to this podcast, but um, his background is absolutely amazing and he calls it the magic room. So we'll learn a bit, a little bit more about that. And so the topic today, we're going to learn about sensation play, tantric bondage, therapeutic kink. Um, these are all different things that he incorporates into the work that he does. Um, he also works with the sacred masculine in order to create space for the sacred feminine. So Dominic works with individuals, couples, and groups to help them authentically be in relationship with power, passion, and love. Dominic is presenting uh, April 18th at the conference, and uh, the topic is called Therapeutic Kink, which is just an accessory as he described it to me as um, something that he works with in his work. So um, Dominic, welcome to the Path Love Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I have to say, I, you know, I thought 
before meeting all of you guys and doing this festival, I always considered myself to be a pretty sexually open person. You know, I'm a mental health therapist. Some of my clients were like, can we talk about sex in here? And I'm like, absolutely. Yes, let's talk about it. Like some people are afraid to talk about sex and therapy. And, uh, but I'll say, um, clearly I have a long way to go because some things have clearly made me blush um, with some of the presenters that I've already talked to. And I really don't know a whole lot about tantric bondage or sensation play. So I'm pretty excited because this, you know, meeting you and meeting everyone that I've been speaking to hopefully is going to spice up my connection to my own intimacy and sexuality. And I'm hoping that I can do that for our audience members. So I'm so excited to talk to you today and learn about this because I don't know a whole lot about it. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. So um, maybe before we begin, let's give people a little tour of the magic room, if you don't mind moving your camera around, just so that they can really get a sense and a feel uh, of the ambiance that you have created here. Well, it is a very special room to me. I've had it for for many years. First created in its original form uh, over 20 years ago. And I can only show you uh, half of the room because the other half is filled up with uh, lights. Um, and, of course, a nice outdoor view. Uh, and not least of all is uh, the center of the, the room, which, uh, sorry, center of focus, uh, which is my altar. And I've had this particular piece. It's a large amethyst crystal uh, with some quartz crystals. And, of course, Buddha represents a spiritual perspective uh, and various other pieces that are there. And this has been with me in my room for over, well over, 20 years. I've had the crystal for about 25 years. So this piece holds the energy, holds the space. And it's really about connecting with the masculine and feminine. And the crystal on your right uh, is a single point crystal that represents the masculine. And the cluster on the left is the feminine. And that sort of came about um, in evolution, if you like, I bought the pieces not knowing how I was going to use them or, uh, or any, indeed, when I bought them, I didn't even have my practice formed. So it's been a very much a learning journey for me. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. And I'm just mesmerized by the colors. I'm such a visual person. So I look at your background, you're inspiring me to want to spice mine up a little bit. So I know a lot of people listen to our podcast, but now people can actually watch the podcast videos on Path 11 TV, they are free. So I would also encourage you guys to definitely, if you're a listener, watch this one, um, because Dominic just has a beautiful background here. So Dominic, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your background. So can you let me and the audience know how did you come into starting this work and because um, it's really a specialized work so I'd love to to hear your journey yes thank you uh, well it's hard to know when it started because my interest in uh, sexuality has been with me since as young as I can remember of course I was the as confused as most of the population because as you mentioned earlier there's a lot of secrecy around sexuality, and why is that? Uh, and of course, that's a whole story in itself. But in short, if we, if people can be controlled, then uh, and oppressed and shamed around certain aspects of what is perfectly natural, then they can be controlled. So that's um, I wouldn't say that that's the origin of organized religion, but certainly there are religions out there that shame sexuality 
and try and control it and suppress it. So that's been with us for at least thousands of years and perhaps more. And there are also, there are also some newer versions. Um, and very often, it's very common that sexual expression is oppressed, suppressed. And why do they do that? That's um, I'm not sure of the answer of that. However, I knew that I didn't like it. Uh, and so as I grew up with my own oppression and suppression, I found ways to express that. And it wasn't specifically through kink. It was started off on a tantra path and a relating path. So in my, uh, I was around about 30 when I first discovered personal growth and realizing that I could change how I am in my body. And it started off fairly soon, well, certainly with therapy. Uh, and then I got onto more personal growth paths. And then the interest in Tantra was discovered quite by accident uh, in a personal growth workshop where I was learning how to relate with others. That was the purpose of the workshop. And so that was a lot of fun. And it wasn't until the the third series, uh, a year later, that I discovered that this was actually a part of Tantra. So that uh, uh, aroused my interest, so to speak, no pun intended, to explore that further. Uh, and uh, I realized that the important part about sexual expression is connection. And connection with what? Well, certainly we think of Tantra as the, the sex center or the uh, around the genitals, but that's only one small portion of the whole tantric experience. Of course, there's, there's all of the chakras, there's the heart, the crown, the third eye, uh, our, our expression, power is an important part, connection to Mother Earth. These are all vital parts of a tantric experience, and sexuality is only just a part of it. So when I started my exploration, my personal growth journey, and going deeper and deep, deeper into those aspects. I also discovered uh, some terminology which people use, think of it in different ways. Some people call it yin and yang, where we have our feminine side or our masculine side, uh, which is another term. Uh, and that is not gender biased. If we are all a part of masculine and feminine, then how that is expressed within each individual is very personal. It can be completely different. Uh, uh, a, a woman can be very masculine. A man can be very masculine. Uh, it really does not depend on gender. So that was another stream of exploration that I, I started to follow, is that what are those aspects of me and how am I showing up in this world? And I realized that through my childhood experiences, which was basically a, a troubled household, where lots of conflict between my parents and subsequently between siblings, then I, uh, and also being the youngest in the family, I had no physical power because I was a, a little squirt. And so I created safety for myself by be paying attention, by being aware of other people's feelings and emotions, by detecting that if there was a bit of an upset, then maybe I could manipulate the situation so that they wouldn't feel upset. So fast forwarding to the, my, the early days of my personal growth, 
I realized that that experience from my childhood had developed a very strong feminine side, which is about intuition and love and uh, sensing. So very uh, nurturing is part of the feminine. Uh, so I developed that and it wouldn't show it didn't show up on the outside in my outside persona because it's a it's a built-in energy within our within our bodies so doing personal the personal growth workshops i discovered that the masculine side i had oppressed i had really hadn't really expressed that and it wasn't that i didn't have a strong presence um, it wasn't a full presence uh, and so over many years i, I went to many different workshops uh, several different profound teachers that helped me bring that into balance. So this is still long before I started my therapeutic kink practice. Uh, as my sexual expression grew and my connection grew, I started to realize that I had an attraction to sensation play. And sensation play could be anything from uh, one of my favorite, and I brought a few samples here, one of my favorite kink tools is a feather. And some people might think, well, a feather, that's not very kinky. But it, if it's all about sensation, and the sensation brings us into our body, and that part is the part that I was attracted to. Now, of course, this feather is, is lovely and gentle, and it also has an, a handle, so cool. All of a sudden, now that we can increase the sensation slightly, and there is a unlimited number of possibilities with that. So, as I started to express my, uh, I wouldn't say express my sexuality, but in my sexual play or companion play, then I would connect with uh, with someone and bring in sensation play, and I, I discovered that that actually helped them to open, open to their pleasure, open to their love, open to their sexual energy, of course, uh, and more. So that I started to integrate into my personal play. Uh, going back about over 20 years ago, uh, I had started my coaching training already, and I was eventually became a certified life coach, certified relationship coach, uh, certified tantra instructor, and Reiki practitioner, several other modalities that I wanted to primarily for myself, but also to bring into some form of healing practice. And I didn't know what it was going to look like until I had a request from uh, a friend of a friend who wanted to use my magic room for a personal celebration of hers. Now, it turns out that this friend of a friend was a professional dominatrix, and she created uh, perhaps a, a, I don't want to judge her, but it was a, a more limited view of therapy, of, of kink practice, which is intense sensation. But she came to check out the room, so I, I met her, and we we had an immediate, uh, obviously, um, and it was an obvious attraction, and uh, playfulness, and eventually, after um, a couple of dates, then she agreed to experience the, my magic room as a receiver, not as a giver. And by receiver, I mean as a bottom or a submissive. Uh, so she would release control, 
to, to me, give me permission to take control. Now, of course, in that, she has to give permission. So actually, she's still in control. However, she's playing at being out of control or as a submissive. So she had an experience with me, and it turned out to be profound. And she said to me afterwards, Dominic, I have never had such a, a joyful expression of myself. We have to go into business together. <laughs> so it was the first, that was the first inkling of, well, is this a, a special talent? Is this something that somebody would pay for? And how does it integrate with my belief system, with my want for people, uh, etc.? But nevertheless, the inspiration was there. And she and I actually created this practice or the very beginning of this practice. And we teamed up and we did, uh, I was going to say group sessions, but a uh, couple sessions. So her and I would work on one person or two person. Uh, I have certainly held groups uh, more for education. But that was the start of what I now call therapeutic kink. So that was, as I said, over 20 years ago. Wow, there's so much in there. Amazing. Okay, where do I want to begin? Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind uh, is thinking about maybe when this might have went a little more mainstream is the infamous book and the film, I might get it wrong, 52 Shades of Grey. So is that what it was called? Are you familiar with that? Where you know, was- Actually, yeah, I know of it. Uh, I, I have heard about it. I have a copy, and I've never read it. Uh, and shame on me because I, I believe the rumors. Uh, it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Fifty Shades, not Fifty Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it it introduces a, an aspect of kink play, which is fine and good for somebody wanting to go into it consciously. But what I heard about that particular book is that. Uh, there's a lot of unconsciousness. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of disconnect. Now, playing the role of a a dominant, whether it's a man or a woman, often is thought of as uh, somebody is less of a human, uh, they're less worthy, and they deserve to be punished, they deserve pain, they deserve humiliation. And that is the complete opposite of what I do. And what many practitioners do and what many people in kink do. So Fifty Shades of Grey is not a good example. Uh, but it was obviously very popular. It's an enormously popular book. And eventually the movie, which I, I haven't seen the movie either. But the the interesting part is why were so why was it so successful? Right. Why so many people interested in that. And that's more of the um, the aspect of that book that I'm interested in is that it captured people's interest. Right. And maybe in a, on some level, because it went more mainstream and it wasn't looked at as like porn or something secret, you know, it's like out in the movie theaters that maybe it began to give people permission to explore that who hadn't, or it gave people permission to have a conversation around something like this that normally wouldn't be talked about. And this is another extreme example, but it also makes me think about the movie, The Secret. You know, that was the big thing that came to mainstream to really get people talking about law of attraction and manifesting, you know, but it was something like that that had to be put out there on the mainstream before you kind of got 
a lot of people talking about it. So yeah, that's right. So I, I'm grateful for that point of view, uh, and uh, for for that happening. And certainly, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I started this practice long before that book was even thought about. I'm sure, uh, and yet it did capture uh, an energy. It captured a time, uh, and the timing was right. So it's uh, uh, it was useful for me from that point of view. Uh, it was it took away from the opportunity because somebody who wants to is new to uh, sensation play and they're they've heard rumors they've read the 50 shades of gray they've seen common porn where it's a deeply divided um, disconnect between the 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 dominant and the submissive uh, it's all very much uh, about disconnect and as I said, the opposite of what I do. For what I do, it's about creating connection. And that starts with yourself. Great. Yeah. So can you go into that a little bit more with sensation play and creating this tech, uh, this, um, this togetherness, this connection, whether it's with yourself or with someone? Like, why would people want to begin to entertain this? What's, what's, the, what's the benefit um, with exploring this sensation play with a partner? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you. It's uh, it's about self-awareness. And sensation play, one of the advantages of, this, advantages of it is that it brings one into our own body. And even uh, society teaches us that we have to have all this knowledge and we have to uh, know how to do things. And we interpret things with our mind and brain, which of course is a useful thing to do. Society in the school system does not teach us how to be in our body. They teach us how to think. They teach us how to achieve goals and objectives. And these are all external to ourselves. Therapeutic kink, or the practices of tantra, uh, and often therapy, it's about getting to know ourselves. So if by combining uh, sensation play with tantra, for example, and most of the viewers here, I'm sure, will be familiar with Tantra. It's about connecting with our energy centers, all of which are outside of our brain. They're outside of our ego mind. And that's, that's really the most important part. Now, the, for our, our, from our life experiences growing up, especially uh, from society, what they're teaching us, what religion expects of us, all of these things are recorded in our ego mind. Now, I don't want to diss the ego mind because it's a useful it's useful to know stuff and it's useful to know how to do things like crossing the street. You look in both directions. That's a good thing to know. So that so I want to um, also reflect on the ego mind being a very positive tool, but where it doesn't serve is when it locks us into belief systems and belief systems are all about the past so in particular for me growing up in that troubled household i believed that that was normal i had no other reference until i started doing my own exploration so i got to change my ego mind but it took a lot of work it took a lot of money uh, and i as soon as i discovered that i it was possible then that became the most important thing in my life, was about getting real in my body. 
So the path of Tantra is about getting in the body and out of the mind. Therapeutic kink or sensation play gets us in our body and out of the mind. So for an actual scene, a so-called scene or a session, I'm using sensation play uh, or maybe using sensation play. There are other techniques as well to help a woman actually connect with her heart, connect with her power, connect with her sexual energy, connection to earth, intuition, consciousness. So it's everywhere else except the ego mind. And that's the real power uh, of sensation play is that especially raising the sexual energy at the same time and in the tantric sense, circulating the sexual energy throughout the body and connecting with every other chakra, that's, that's who we are. That's where our magnificence lies. The advantage of sensation play or how sensation play can uh, assist in that is if I'm drawing you into your body with sensation and perhaps taking it certainly with pleasure uh, and, you know, in other words, a joyful experience, so increasing the intensity of pleasure brings us more and more into our body. Now, there's an edge in uh, it's more commonly known in, in uh, kink practices, but there's an edge when pleasure switches to pain. So in my practice, I always, always, always keep it on the pleasure side of that line. And how do I know? Well, there's um, signals, there's my intuition, I'm, I'm observing. And in all of my sessions, there's a, a safety system. So that if we're getting close or about to cross that line, then I can back off a bit. And that safety system is very simple. It's red, yellow, green, like the traffic lights. Red means stop immediately. Everything backs off. Do a check-in. Yellow means I'm reaching the edge of what I want to experience and just ease off a bit, but keep going. And green, of course, is I like it, give me more. So with those very simple signals, uh, which hardly involve the brain, the ego mind, it's a, and that's intentionally simple, then I can carry through a whole scene, a whole session, which lasts uh, typically three to five hours. Wow. To really bring a person into their body where, as I said, where their magnificence lives out of the ego mind. Now, one very important part of my work is that the, that session, that three to five hour session, doesn't normally happen straight away. I, the normal practice is to work with people for uh, anything from a few weeks to many weeks or months even before we get to that stage. And so that brings in my coaching background as a certified and trained life coach. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I've learned skills to help people identify where the blocks to their experience come from. And almost always it's past experience. It could even be past life experience. Uh, so I explore all of those and give them tools to allow them to put those belief systems that came from those experiences 
to put them aside so that they can go into their body, they can go open their chakras and really experiencing themselves. And that's the essence of the work that I do. Great. Yeah, that's a great explanation too, to help people to understand that it's not like people are just, you know, showing up to you and having this session of sensation play. And maybe there are those that do that, but it sounds like this is more of a very integrative process that you're using all of these skills that you have, speaking with people, probably understanding, like you said, their belief systems, maybe where some trauma has lied this lifetime, past lifetimes, and then eventually moving them into, like you said, getting them reconnected with themselves, with their heart, with their body. And in a longer session, once you get to that point with the sensation play, I'm assuming you're combining probably some guided meditation and some verbal prompts for them to imagine and, you know, move within the chakra system. But then are you also using like the device that you showed with the feather and the other end of it and creating different sensations with different objects with the yes, person. Very much so. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up because it is a very important part. Uh, I just don't go jump straight into the sensation portion. It is uh, starts typically with a guided meditation uh, and I call in the Reiki masters and bring in my Reiki practice. Uh, And most importantly, clearing the space. So I clear my chakras, my energy, uh, my aura, and I clear the room, I clear the the house, the property, so that there are, to to minimize any negative energies uh, anywhere. And uh, there's all sorts of energies floating around all the time. Uh, by doing this for 20 years in this room, uh, people often step into the room and feel the lightness of the room. So it's uh, that's an interesting and fascinating aspect of itself is that we have created this environment where it's safe to open. And that's a really important component. Then the after the clearing of the energy, then it's uh, more of a, a non-touch Reiki energy or maybe just you know, gentle hands-on for uh, clearing the space, clearing the energy within uh, a client. And uh, the guided meditation then builds into the tantric sense of focusing attention on opening the chakras, focusing on the heat in your chest as our hearts open, feeling our connection to power and what that could look like or feel like for each individual. Bringing awareness to the sexual energy, allowing that, giving permission for just feeling the sexual energy and allowing that to grow. Building the sexual energy, of course, it's a very potent energy, and and allowing that to circulate, connecting to Mother Earth and drawing in her energy into the body circulating throughout the the body, up the spine, and as in kundalini, kundalini rising, connecting with the crown and calling in our angels. Uh, Of course, the third eye, intuition, allowing that to open and really be receptive. And not least of all is expression, opening the throat chakra to allow to say no, to set boundaries, or to ask for what we want. The, the throat chakra is often overlooked. But of course, without all of the circuit, and of course in tantric sense, 
That's called the microcosmic orbit. Then we circulate the energy and continue to build on the energy, and it increases and increases. And sexual energy is a part of all of that. And the um, the fun part or the about sexual energy is because it's potent. People are familiar with it in to a lesser or more degree, but to have the sexual energy fill the body, open the chakras, connect the chakras, bring in love and power and voice and intuition into our whole experience, then sensation play can start. And I will bring out, ooh, the feather. <laughs> or maybe other things. And of course, sensation play takes takes all forms. It can be very gentle. And it, all the time, it can be experienced as uh, something uh, soft and sensuous and not sharp and stingy. Uh, the interesting part about kink play is that as the intensity increases, as long as there's been a warm-up, then over time we can increase the intensity a little bit. And uh, that's when, as the intensity increases, then we get more and more drawn into our own body when perhaps we can bring in something a little more. And this is one of my favorite floggers. Uh, it's a very soft velvet suede material so it's uh, again very very sensuous and for and those of you who are listening um to give you a visual that kind of looks more like a a mop oh. a velvet mop but you could tell it's some sort of whip okay right? i'm sorry I, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking of it as a mop <laughs> but i guess that could be used as well uh, it is a flogger so it has a, a nice handle on it That's and the flogger has strands and because it's a very soft suede, then if it's gently applied, then it's very soft and sensuous. Uh, or if it's in more intensely, it's like a thud. So, and it's really difficult to make this one stingy. And some people like that, um, and it may serve, and I can do that. But uh, most of the time, it, uh, we're talking soft and sensuous. So, really, again, going back to the purpose, it is about drawing attention to our body. And our body is where our magnificence lies. It's where our love is and power and all of our uh, energy centers. It's all in the body. So the real key to my work is about getting people out of the mind and into their magnificence. Yeah. So how do you keep yourself safe in this, you know, in this world and day and age of, um, I mean, clearly consent, right, is given, but how do you keep yourself safe from a potential lawsuit or somebody's word against yours that they they came for this? And, you know, I mean, all practitioners, right, it doesn't matter whether you're just strict mental health or you're doing massage or doing what you're doing. How do you keep yourself safe in either documenting or making sure that um, it is consensual. And if somebody were to leave and they didn't like something that happened and felt like their boundaries were violated, and then you're dealing with a lawsuit, how do you keep yourself safe in a profession like this? Uh, well, I, I do. Uh, clients do sign a waiver. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there's an agreement form, there's an intake form. And basically what that says is that I understand what I'm entering into. 
and I give my consent for that. So I do require a signed document with that. Mm -hmm. I also make a commitment as well. And one important part is that my sexual contact is strictly forbidden. I remain fully clothed and uh, my sexual, uh, I'm covered. There's no contact with my sexual organs or with me sexually. There's no exchange of bodily fluids. Uh, so it, there's a predefined safety built into it. Uh, and that isn't agreed um, by signature. Uh, the th one important f fact that I'd like to mention is that in over 20 years of this practice, I have never been sued. Uh, and so that's reflecting something. Uh, also that um, I do trust. So I'm calling in my guides, I'm calling in my clients' guides. And I get them to collaborate and we figure things out. So uh, every time uh, I've had a very, very successful success, um, or, sorry, successful um, outcomes because the intentions are clear. Mm -hmm. And that's clearing the space, uh, clearing the wants, understanding, connecting with the client to really understand what they want to achieve. Then we do that to varying degrees. And I, I would like to mention one particularly profound example of a client who I worked with for two years intensely. And uh, I did mention sessions that are three to five hours. Uh, well, she surprised me uh, way back at the beginning of my practice. Uh, her husband actually brought her to me because uh, she was feeling restricted in all sorts of aspects of her life. And I ended up working with her for, as I say, two years. And she asked me for a full day session. And I thought, oh, okay, well, a full day session. How, how do I do that? I haven't tried that before, but I created something and she, uh, she signed up. And then she asked for a three-day session. I thought, oh, my goodness, how can I do this for three days? Right. And what it turned out, what I because the money was really attractive. Uh, what it turned out is that I created a workshop for one person over a three-day period. Mm. Now, that's, in, that's pretty intense for me uh, and for her. Uh, and so what I did was during, between experiences and, and sessions and coaching and such, I would assign her journaling. And part of that was just to give me a break, but also to uh, so that she could write down and, and really note what she did. Uh, well, it turns out after over the two years, we did 10 of three-day sessions. So she had 20 to 30 pages per session of journaled notes. And uh, when our time came to uh, a close, she said, well, what should I do with these? And my, I said, put it in a book. Write a book, yep. <laughs> well, that's what she actually did. So there is a book out there of a, of a client who worked with me for two years and her whole experience of working with me. Now, this was quite a long time ago, at the beginning of my practice. It's called Unveiling the Goddess Within. Uh, it, I believe it's still available online. Uh, but uh, it's a real testimony to what can be achieved 
And I am so proud of her for what she did, how she grew in herself. And that's really one of my, um, uh, it's proud for me too. So, Wow. Yeah, no, that sounds like it really went into a very intense endeavor, you know, with this person. Have you ever had to work, um, you know, just with skeptics that might say, you know, like on the really far edge that have really strong belief systems and are ready to judge you like, oh, this man is just a pervert and just working with women and taking their money and brainwashing them to do these sexual things just for his own gratification. Like how do, how do you deal with that fine line of judgments of people not understanding it, maybe feeling scared and thinking that this isn't a profession, this is somebody just you know, manipulating human beings for his own sexual pleasure. Yes, and certainly uh, people have brought that up in conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is one reason uh, why I exclude my sexual expression or my sexual contact in this whole thing. I do not want to be perceived as doing this for my own gratification. The, there is joy in it, uh, in that I get to experience a woman in her magnificence, uh, connected with herself in every regard, uh, including sexual energy. And of, of course, I enjoy to, to be in that presence. The, but the real pleasure for me is seeing her connect with herself. So yes, there are skeptics who have scoffed or laughed or said, oh yeah, I can do that. Um, but uh, really not appreciating what they, what it entails and what is possible. So it's certainly when somebody first comes to uh, make an inquiry to, to work with me, then we sit down or on Zoom, uh, video chat, have a, a discussion about what it is that they want to experience, where do they want to go, and what do they want as, a, as an outcome. And over uh, discussions, people trust me. People realize that, oh, this is a genuine act of, uh, I don't, don't want to call it therapy like I mentioned before, but it is an opportunity for personal growth. This is a safe place where I can go and express myself. And people trust me. Mm -hmm. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, great. Well, like you said, you've been doing it for 20 years. And it sounds like, you know, at this point, you probably have really perfected it quite well and, you know, kind of know what to expect. And so where are you located? And, you know, as we're wrapping up, if people want to sit on Zoom and just kind of, you know, pick your brain a little bit and see if this is for them, how can people find you? Uh, I have a website uh, called boundtoawaken.com. And I'm sure you'll provide that link. The link is uh, is mentioned on my profile. It's mentioned on the Sacred Sexual Music Festival site. And so that goes into more explanation, more possibilities. Uh, one of which is to, I work with um, my partner, uh, and she also provides uh, dual sessions, or between her and I, we can provide sessions for couples uh, and uh, in all sorts of formats. Uh, so there's more information on my website. Uh, I am located in Tuasin, uh, British Columbia, and uh, near Vancouver, British Columbia. So uh, that's um, uh, very accessible for most of the uh, people in the lower mainland. Uh, and I've had people travel, uh, not recently, unfortunately, but travel from 
uh, the U.S., from other parts of Canada to, to come and uh, work with me. So there's, there's lots of um, opportunities. Uh, I can work with people online. I do online coaching. Uh, so, so there's other possibilities if people are too far away. Uh, and, of course, in current times of safety measures, I follow whatever safety measures somebody is comfortable with, uh, including mask or uh, w- whatever it is that they want f- to feel comfortable. Uh, and that's in the current COVID times. That's another story in itself. But, uh, uh, of course, the, the deepest work is in person. So I'd certainly encourage that. Great. Dominic, thank you so much. Thank you for letting us spend some time with you here in in your magic room with you. It sounds all very fascinating. And I, I also love the blend of really being able to, sounds like when you're working with women, allowing them to really drop it to their feminine essence and really develop that. And, you know, more and more, I think of us as women, we have learned to really strengthen our masculine energy, you know, with the women's movement and so many women, you know, like myself, we're in business for ourselves and we have very well-developed masculine energies. Um, But what I have found in time uh, personally with myself too, and being that entrepreneur is that you almost as a woman, can get a little disconnected from the feminine and really having to reconnect with that and learning how to, you know, submit, like you said, in a sense and follow and not always have to have that leader energy. There's just something nice about just allowing, being more in a state of allowing than doing as a woman. Absolutely. That's a really important point. And thank you for bringing that up uh, because the ultimate objective for my work is to help people be in balance within themselves. And certainly with our society, especially with women, for the reasons that you've mentioned, they get out of balance. Men get out of balance as well in different ways. Uh, But it's about connecting with both our masculine and our feminine to really have the choice then to be in balance. Great. Well, thank you. This was a great conversation. Um, I really love the topic of it and love learning some new things with you here today. And again, everyone, tickets are on sale for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival. You can go to the sacredsexualmusicfestival.com. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did with Dominic Lord. So thank you all. And I hope to see some of the podcast listeners at the virtual festival this year. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Again, I just want to remind you, head on over to the sacredsexualmusicfestival.com website to purchase your tickets for the Sacred Sexual Music Festival, or you can visit pap11productions.com to purchase those tickets. I also want to give you a free code. Uh, This code is actually going to be for PAP11 TV. If you are listening to this podcast, you can actually watch our podcast for free on PAP11 TV, and you can start a seven-day free trial. And if you subscribe, I'd like to give you the code PODCAST30. PODCAST is all in caps, and that will give you some money off for your membership. Path 11 TV has over 100 hours of video, and you can download the app on any device. So head on over to your app store and look for the purple Path 11 TV logo. It's beautiful. I love it. And I know you're going to love it too. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care.